De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast. And I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the revenue generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to talk about product management in big tech versus startups. Joining us is Kartik Suresh, who is the co-founder at Ignition, which is a collaborative hub for marketing and product teams to plan execute, and measure the go-to-market side of launching. Yesterday, Kartik and I talked about leading product development at early-stage startups versus tech giants. And today, we're going to dig in and talk about avoiding bottlenecks with product launches. Okay, here's my conversation with Kartik Suresh, the co-founder at Ignition. Kartik, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, nice to be back. So what's a typical product launch bottleneck? Yeah, so before going into the bottlenecks, just want to think about just what does what does product launch even mean, right? And also, like you know, probably I'm going to talk about product launches more from a tech, like a software company perspective. But I guess it, it could just apply to pretty much any industry. A lot of the times when people think about product launches, they are like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to send an email to all my customers and done, done. It's a product launch. Let's go party, right? That's pretty much a lot of the whole, lot of the product launches work. But unfortunately, that's that's not good enough. And uh, as we discussed uh, in our in a previous podcast, these days, the distribution is all, almost as important as a product and you really need to invest in your go-to-market strategy. So what does a good product launch or go-to-market plan look like? You know, first, obviously, you need to understand the users, user their motivations. You need to get, set clear success criteria for your launch, like objectives and KPIs. And then once you do that, then you need to come up with the positioning for your product. The positioning is a very important part of the go-to-market planning. Like you need to analyze all the competitors, you need to analyze the market, see like which spaces does the competitor occupy and see how you can position yourself. So, uh, and then, so that the, the unique value prop is, is clearly, is something which the, the end user can clearly relate to, right? And and then once you think about positioning, then then you go into messaging, okay? So come up with all kinds of messaging, you know, for, for ads, for your for different channels, and you know, what's your elevator pitch, what's your value prop, you need to come up with the messaging and a customer email is definitely one of them. And I guess in this whole process, you hopefully have also thought about pricing, you know, making sure the pricing and packaging, how you price your products, how you package and price your products. Hopefully you've run some pricing surveys and then actually come up with a really good pricing model, which should be a part of your go-to-market plan, if not today. Then you look into the channels. Okay, what channels am I going to use? You know, if you just use a single channel like email, like the email open rate is probably like 50, 60%. And, and then, you know, just sending an email is not a launch. You need to have a multi-channel approach where hopefully you can follow your customers or your potential users along in your internet, wherever they are. So, and even here, it also depends on your marketing objective. When they set the objective for your go-to-market plan, for example, if it's a brand new product category, 
you shouldn't be investing in SEO because people are not searching for you know your product or the need or the space. Here, you should be probably investing in a lot of content and marketing, content marketing. Uh, whereas if you're in competitive switching space where you know you you're entering a very crowded market, there maybe the best channel is to go get a list of the customers of your competitor and just email them a 50% discount code, whatever that is, to get them onto your product. How do you switch these uh, users from your competitor's product to your product? So that should be your, you know, one of the main channel strategy. So really what we're saying is, do your homework, right? What we're saying is, when you're thinking about a product launch, start with the end in mind, begin with the ICP, and think about the kind of inherent buying groups or buyer personas within that group and work back. What's your positioning? What's your messaging? Have you thought about distribution? And are you thinking about the ways that you're going to make sure that you're going to activate those distribution channels before you even get started? That's your product launch framework, right? And what you're saying is to avoid bottlenecks, get the framework right out of the gate. Am I getting that right, Karti? Yeah, have a process. Have a the, the, One of the biggest issues is like, if you don't have a process, for example, I was involved in launching several products in startups, as well as at Facebook, I was involved in launching, I was at Facebook Reality Labs and involved in launching several devices while I'm there. And the single biggest bottleneck, one of the single biggest bottleneck was this absence of a clear go-to-market process and a plan. And because of that, what happened was not all the stakeholders were on the same page. The marketers were having a different message on the website versus the ads which are being run on Facebook had a different message. And and then also it was not very clear as to like why a user should buy this versus a competitor's product. So at the end of the day, it all comes back to like having a very clear, repeatable process. The last, the final thing I would add as a bottleneck is like, let's say there's a PMM who comes up with a go-to-market launch or a launch process, and that person leaves or you go to a different team. There's a person who completely reinvents a new process. All the mistakes done in the previous process is lost because there's no repeatable process. It's all done in like Google Docs and different spreadsheets and nobody even knows where they live. So just having a very clear and also a tiered process on something which is repeatable, which you can clearly apply to your product launch is uh, probably the fundamental thing you need to invest in. And I feel like, I don't know if this is your experience, critique, but I've been around product launches for way too long. And I feel like we were better at product launches back when SaaS was maybe more nascent. And what I mean by that is launching a product was sort of a big deal, install products. And what that ultimately meant was you were shipping something that somebody else was going to install. And so the art of the release, if you will, was very much that waterfall development process. And so you would have whole organizations kind of rallying around that. And the squishing factor, if you will, is this adoption of an amazing practice, which is agile development, Agile development took over really when SaaS took over, right? I think, in my opinion, my experience is agile development has meant that we're releasing code constantly, especially in B2B SaaS, right? And gosh, boy, especially with consumer products, like you're always updating the code. So then you end up in these places where a significant update to the product is quite often lost, or the idea or the practice of great launches is quite often lost because we're doing things so frequently. So do you find with your clients and with your customers that they're in this place where they've forgotten the art of actually the launch itself? That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, I guess you you being the CMO yourself, I'm sure like you've gone to a ton of these launches and then can really appreciate you know this point here. But I think here, one of the other things I forgot to mention, and thanks for bringing this up, is this disconnect between the PMs and the engineering teams and the marketing teams. 
because as you said, they, most of the, especially on the SaaS, and, and I think most of the, the software companies, they operate on a, an agile development process and their, their mantra is to keep shipping every two weeks like based on a sprint cycle. So sometimes what happens is they don't give enough notice to the marketers or the PMNs who are running the launches to make sure they can actually prepare and invest in a high quality launch process. Most often they're not. It's like, okay, we are launching this referrals program in a week. And then the market is like, week? At least I need at least two months to come up with this. And then this is, they're just trying to like hustle and get whatever they can done in a week, which, which definitely you know, results in a very kind of a, like kind of a, not exactly a botched launch process, but you know, definitely not the kind of investment you actually need for a high quality launch process. And that's more often than not a, a reason. It, I mean, the main cause is to disconnect between the product engineering and the marketing teams. And even the other thing is too, like the marketing team sometimes prepare for this big launch and they have the PR and news articles and blogs, everything ready to go. And, they, and then the engineering team said, hey, sorry, you know, it's delayed for another week. I'm like, okay, why didn't you let me know earlier? Like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. It's delayed for a week, but they don't understand. It's like, but you need to contact all of these, like, journalists and PR folks and every, everything you have kind of prepared to actually push everything for a week, which is like a very, very painful process. So I think yeah, that's why even if people on the engineering team and the product side, they should also make enough efforts to understand what a high quality launch process looks like and be able to connect to the marketers and be able to give much earlier kind of a notice. And in fact, involve the marketers much early on in the product development life cycle. I think that's one of that's one of the biggest bottlenecks for a high quality launch process. And Kartik, out of the gate, you walk through a really good comprehensive rubric for a whole product launch, let's say a new product introduction. And what we're really talking about right now is how do we help companies kind of scale up or scale down the level of effort they put behind code. Products are fairly easy to comprehend. The product didn't exist. Now it does exist. I'm going to have customers that I'm going to have to support. I'm thinking through the revenue model. My question for you, though, is how do you help companies kind of scale down to say, this is a significant launch. It's not a product launch, but it's a major feature update. And therefore, your process should be this versus a feature update, which is maybe important, but maybe it doesn't deserve the same level of attention or thought or resources. How do you help give people kind of heuristics or indicators of, what the level of importance is so that they can actually put the appropriate amount of effort behind new code introduction. Yeah, so here, this is where you inter introduce some kind of a tiering process. So like a very, very clear, like tier one, tier two, tier three, for example, some companies have tier five tiers, some companies have three tiers. It's like tier one is like the major launch, like a major product launch. You need at least like three months, minimum of 90 days or even more to plan this launch. Here you have like multiple channels, including media, events, PR, everything you can think of. And then tier two is probably somewhere in between a major product launch and a minor feature launch. And tier three is just like a simple, like I added a new new field to the API or, you know, or even a new API for that matter. So that's a tier three launch. So having, having this tiering process in place and also educating everyone in the company about the steering process so that even, for example, the PMs, the engineers, they know that, okay, you know what, this is a tier one launch. I need to give, way more notice to the, the people working on the go-to-market side of things about this launch versus a feature launch, which is just like, I don't have to worry about it for a week. So having establishing the steering criteria is very important. So avoid bottlenecks by making sure you're prepared, 
be more prepared for the tier ones and scale back for the tier twos and tier threes. Make sure you communicate and make sure you've got collaboration and coordination across multiple organizations, especially given the fact that last time I checked, product and product developers aren't necessarily great sales and marketers. So we're depending on others to make sure that happens. By the way, God forbid you actually have me code. So Kartik, enjoyed having you back on the show. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot. I enjoyed the show. Yeah. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks again to Kartik Suresh, co-founder at Ignition, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Kartik and I are going to talk about a big one, securing venture funding. If you can't wait until our next episode and like to learn more about Kartik, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his company website at haveignition.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to revgenpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live in the show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is MarketAdvocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.